I have been taught to be grateful for things my whole life, but I've, I've actually made it a practice. So if you can think of three things you're grateful for, and then three things that you appreciate about yourself. If you can do that every day, especially when you're in a in a bad place, you will realize that you have more and more things to be grateful for, more and more things that you appreciate about yourself. And it really does help to shift your mindset and put you in a in a more positive place. just like so excited to finally get a chat with you. Alana Hadid, thank you so much for joining us on the show. I'm very excited to be here. For all of those who don't know, who haven't seen Alana like everywhere, I don't, I'm so excited <laughs> to get into this too because I don't know if like you meant to become an influencer, if this just happened, but most <laughs> of all, you're a fashion designer. You have like an incredible clothing company you started in 2017 called La Detresse, right? That's it. And you co-founded an eyewear company. Then meanwhile, you are for sure an influencer with like hundreds of thousands of followers on Instagram and TikTok. I think people are just drawn to like your beautiful spirit. And we're so excited to be able to chat with you. That's a rundown for me. But in your words, when you're at a party, people ask you what you do. What do you say? I usually say I'm an accidental influencer. Um, it was never my intention to be an influencer. I started Instagram like everyone else, um, like in 2011 with pictures of random stuff and food and, and, you know, and I think, um, yeah, so I, I call myself an act- accidental influencer, um, a creative director, a clothing designer and, uh, human rights activist as well. So that's always yeah. a conversation starter. <laughs> Hey, probably the most important title out of all of them. But so did you start Instagram before you started the clothing brand? Like what was the succession of your career, I guess? I started Instagram, I I I believe in 2011. It takes too long to scroll all the way down. So I can't remember exactly when. Um, but yeah, I started just like everyone else. I think everyone was excited about um, what Instagram was and um, this new idea of, you know, connecting with friends. And so I was just kind of talking about my life and and I've thankfully been blessed with this um this beautiful privileged life where I get to go do a lot of really cool stuff and travel and um I was always in the fashion world so um I was just showing people what I was doing and people seemed to like it so I accrued a fair amount of followers um you know not comparatively to a lot of other people but I I'm proud of the amount of followers that I've gotten over the years no, I yeah. mean, you have a massive following and I mean, okay, so yeah, you touch on it, but you also have quite an interesting like childhood and growing up. You come from this, I was like doing research online and I was like, I guess people call it the Hadid dynasty or <laughs> like your sister, your stepsisters, Bella and Gigi are like top models. Half, Half sisters. sisters. No, okay. Same dad, Perfect. different moms. Yeah. Got it. So you just had probably a very interesting, your dad is like a real estate developer who we were talking before this has developed like all of these buildings in DC that I grew up going to, which is so cool. Um, yeah. How has that been? Like, how has your childhood and growing up been? It was probably a little different than some of ours. I mean, yeah, it was incredibly privileged. Um, I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie. I had the ability to travel a lot and experience a lot, meet a lot of really amazing people um, as a child. 
But I'm very lucky in that I had such a down to earth mother um, who kept us, my sister, my older sister, Marielle, and I incredibly grounded. I do think like for what everyone has gotten um, in my family, we are we have kept ourselves incredibly grounded, as grounded as we possibly can be. Um, You know, we spend a lot of time working on um, philanthropic things and um, human rights activities and uh, things that keep us and remind us of our privilege. So, um, yeah, but I had I had an amazing childhood. You know, I I'm I'm very privileged. I grew up outside of D.C. And so being, you know, at the time, I didn't realize how amazing that was. But now looking back, I realize being surrounded by uh, the nation's capital and, you know, being exposed to all the things that the trappings of of the government and um, and kind of our local news was national news. That is just yeah, was just such an incredible privilege um, in and of itself. So, you know, beyond how cool my life was, uh, just growing yeah. up there was such an amazing opportunity. Absolutely. I, I feel like I for sure took that for granted as well. Like you're in the center of all this power. And yet you're just like, well, I'm just going to the movies tonight. I'm just a teenager. <laughs> like, and meanwhile, all these amazing things are going on around you. Was it ever hard for you or has it been hard for you having that spotlight kind of always on you and your family? You know, it was never really uh, a question. It just was happening. And so I I feel thankful that it wasn't thrust upon me. It, it kind of happened very slowly. Um, my yeah. dad was always, you know, well-known. Um, you know, he was in Architectural Digest and Fortune and all of these things. So we were exposed to a lot of things very um, slowly uh, to the point where now, you know, obviously my sisters are quite well known. And um, I think because we it wasn't something that happened overnight, uh, we have been able to deal with it in a way and also we have found a way to use our privilege to the benefit of hopefully the benefit of others and not just ourselves, um, which has been very important and kind of a, a pillar in our lives. Yeah, you're doing so many cool things with the fashion company, with all that you do for human rights activism throughout your life so far and your maturity and wisdom. What would you say is the best advice you've ever gotten? So I've gotten amazing advice, so much awesome advice um, throughout the years. I think some of the best advice that I've ever gotten is to ask for help. Um, I I come from an incredibly independent family. Um, you know, we are forward thinkers and, um, we have been taught and learned to stand on our own. But I think when I learned, um, to implement this amazing advice to, to ask for help, um, was kind of a game changer for me. And it's funny because, um, that had always been something that I had relied on for the last, probably the last like, 10 years have been like really an ask for ask for help 10 years like really you know tap your resources um and uh i just heard an interview with uh bill gates and he he was saying the difference between uh doers and dreamers is um asking for help and i was like (laughs) so yeah I, i i do think asking for help is probably um the best advice i've ever gotten and and the kind of advice that I give to others when, when, you know, people ask me. 
Have there been specific scenarios in your life or specific situations where that really has saved you, like having that courage to ask for help? I think in everything that I've ever done well. Um, I Truly, I think in every instance that I've ever succeeded or um, really accomplished exactly what I wanted to accomplish, I had um, I had gone to someone that I felt could give me some, you know, nuggets of wisdom. And I asked for, for help on things. And I think when I've done things on my own, I've also done amazing things. But I think also relying on other people and, and um, you know, realizing that you may not always be the authority um, on the thing that you've been doing maybe for a really long time. There are always people who are going to give you um, a perspective that you maybe have never thought of. And so um, I think it's it's definitely been something that has helped me throughout life in probably everything, um, all endeavors that I've I've yeah. ventured on. Have you found certain times that it's been harder to ask for that help than others in certain situations, maybe? I mean, it's always hard to ask for help. Um, I come, you know, I also come from, um, like I said, a very independent family. Um, and and I rely on myself a lot, which I think is also important. Um, but I think I think that there's been a lot of times where you have to humble yourself. And I think humbling yourself is probably one of the hardest parts of asking asking for help is to say, I don't know. Um, yeah. And to be able to say, I don't know, is is a hard thing to do. Um, and especially for me, I I'm I'm one of those people who um, my intellect is an important part of my. My my being. Um, yeah. So to to be able to say to someone like I may not know all the information, can you give me input? I think um, has been um, humbling and and grounding and super important for moving forward. Yeah, I love that. Thanks. Have you ever had a worst piece of advice that you've ever gotten? <laughs> It's usually you should side. date that guy. It's the you should date yeah. that guy. It's, it's the worst. Let's dive into it's that, Alana. Let's like really <laughs> take a deep dive behind that one. No, I, I mean, that's what I can think of. I mean, I feel like and this sounds kind of cliche, but I don't think that I've gotten really bad advice. And, and the reason being is that I don't really think there is like necessarily bad advice. You can always decide not to take someone's advice, but that person is is speaking from their own personal experience. So I think it was probably good advice yeah. for them and probably not great advice for me. I think I think the the you know, the I think the worst advice would be, um, you know, not to trust yourself. Um, and and when people are telling you not to to trust your 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 own thoughts, your own feelings, that's usually pretty bad advice. <laughs> yeah, I think that, I think. That would be like unilaterally bad advice. Yeah. Do you have any other like quotes maybe or things that you see online that you feel like are maybe cliche words of wisdom that just have always rubbed you the wrong way? I mean, live, laugh, love. <laughs> That's a good one. It's, it's so bad. What, what does it even mean? Um, I don't you know. know I, I think there's a lot of um, kind of uh flighty spiritual advice um that's going around that i that i you know i i don't want to um point to a certain person or a certain quote or a certain thing but i do think that there's a lot of like kind of 
um, this kind of random spirituality that's happening right now that I, and I, I'm very spiritual, but I think that there's a lot of like this, um, idea that, uh, that you can just manifest everything without having, having to actually work towards it. And I think that that's, Mm -hmm. um, a problem at the moment. You, yes, I manifest a lot of what I'm doing, but I also work towards the manifestation. I'm also like taking the steps in my life that would further me towards the things that I want to manifest. So I, I, I think that this kind of idea that you can just, um, sit back in your house and chant, um, a few things every day and, and all the things will come to you. I think that that's, um, kind of, uh, disrespectful. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. the people and to the people that they're talking to, yeah, yeah, no, I I completely agree with that. I also wanted to touch on that because as I followed your page and followed along with everything that you post in your life, you I always found it so beautiful how like spiritual you are, and it seems like you're always looking for like, and I think maybe that's what drew both of our pages to each other. Like you're always looking for beautiful like uplifting words. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey and kind of, I mean, have you always been super spiritual? Is that something that you've grown into? Yeah, no, I mean, yes. Um, I wouldn't say always. I would say probably mostly in my adult life, but um, definitely in the last like five years, especially, I've become a lot more spiritual, a lot more connected with myself. Um, I... I've done a few things that I think are really important. I did um, the Hoffman process, which um, I will like scream into the high heavens is like the best thing in the world. Um, But I also have read a lot of amazing books. Um, uh, The Power Now, Eckhart Tolle is one of my favorites. And and I just think, you know, there um, there are so many amazing philosophers and teachers um that have have been speaking about these kind of topics for so long about spirituality and how it's connected to um you know to manifestation how it's connected to um inner self-work um how it's connected to staying present and once i started working on that and really kind of connecting to myself and my being. And I do a lot of practices um, that I think are super important uh, to stay grounded. Um, yeah, I think it, it, it was a massive shift for me um, in my life. So yeah, I'm a big, yeah. big proponent of spirituality, but just the right kind, the right that the right kind, the kind that I feel like isn't just about profiting off the people that they're speaking to who are really just looking for um, you know, a place to go when they need some help, like some good advice. Do you feel like there was been the a big realization that you've had since starting your spirituality practice a little bit more seriously? Yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of ironic considering my my advice is asking for help, but I also think that like you contain all of the things that you need to be successful, and and in that you contain the ability to ask for help. You know, you you yeah. contain all of the wisdom that you need to know is actually within you um, because it's going to be different from me to, you know, to you, Christy. Like everyone's um, path and journey and everyone's uh, necessities are going to be different. So you have everything within you that you need to get yourself to the next level 
Um, whether or not that means that you need to find a mentor or you need to do that journey alone, those are all, all those answers are actually like completely inside. You just have to unlock those things, which is the hard part. But it's such a beautiful concept to feel like it's just things that need to be awakened or unlocked within yourself and not things that you need to find anywhere outside of yourself, which I feel like is what we usually think about. I think the difference is that reading these books and, you know, doing these practices isn't about them um, necessarily, the you know, the teacher or the process. Um, it isn't about them transposing their ideas on onto me. It's it's them saying something to me that unlocks within me what I already need to do. It's it's opening up. It's like blossoming the flower. It's basically the watering. You know, it's the watering of the flower. I'm the flower. I'm you know, I they are giving me the water, but I am the flower. I have to do the blooming. So um you know it's 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 more about that. If you are listening to this podcast, you are probably a fan of inspirational quotes. And if that's the case, then you should check out my book. I feel that it's a cute little retro book with each chapter being a different emotion and then quotes that can help you with that emotion. So if you're looking to support me or the show, if you need a cute little gift for a friend or just something to flip through when you're feeling down one day, then this book is for you. You can purchase it at quotesbychristy.com, which is my website, or the link will be in the show notes. I want to circle back to the influencer life because that's like mostly what I've been exposed to of yours. How has it been for you? Like, do you like it? Do you find it fun? I mean, everyone I feel like has a different take. All the influencers that I've spoken to kind of have different takes on it. So I'm always interested to know like what your experience has been like in that realm. I mean, it is fun. Obviously, it's fun. Like, you know, I get a bunch of stuff. I get to go to cool events. Um, I get to travel around the world. So that's fun. But I think the the biggest misconception about it is that it's easy. And that is a huge misconception. It's actually quite hard. It's all your own creative ideas. You are the, you know, you are every part of your team. I don't have a team. Yeah. I, I am yeah. all of the things. I'm the videographer. I'm the creative. I'm the talent. I'm, you know, I negotiate the deals. So, um, uh, I do have someone who helps me with that now, but for a very <laughs> long time, I did not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's a big misconception is that it's this kind of easy, ridiculous job that, you know, just requires getting free stuff. And, and listen, like you can look at it that way, but truthfully, like look at the, the content coming out of these influencers that you watch. Most of the people who you're paying attention to are probably creating pretty cool content. It's a lot of work to get that out. And so it's been, I love it. I think it's amazing. I get to make my own hours, you know, set my own, I get to set my own, um, uh, you know, rates. I get to decide what businesses I want to promote. And, and they are by and large businesses that I really believe in. So I, I, you know, I'm not just like hawking a tea because, you know, someone's paying me money. Um, it's, yeah. if it is that it's something I actually drink and, and, and yeah. like, but again, it's, you know, it's hard work, but it can be really fun. It's just like anything else, truthfully, like any other job, um, you know, 
you it's hard work it's it's work to do it um this just happens to have like a lot of really cool kind of perks um to it and and the people who can do it there's a lot of people who would really like to be influencers and it's just it's not for them so um but I, i i do think that if you like being creative if you like being on camera if you you know enjoy um talking about things that you love then you know you could probably do pretty well in this space yeah i mean people are clearly i think i think they're most attracted on the internet especially nowadays to people that are super authentic and i think you do a great job at that and it's not actually that easy to like show off your true self online like i find it so hard i never even show my face on my page but (laughs) even in the podcast i'm like how do i like show people who i am it's just a hard it's harder than you would think but do you have advice for someone who is trying to be an influencer and who just like can't quite figure out how to like show their authentic selves? I think what people are afraid of is the is that people will not like them and um and won't connect with them. Yeah. And and I have to say that like the people that I connect the most to, especially thankfully like TikTok has has you know really helped with this are the people who are being quirky, who are being different, who have, you know, a a perspective on life that I don't necessarily have or one that I connect with completely. You'll never know how many people connect with you until you are authentically you. Because when you're acting like a, a persona, people figure that out especially because we've been exposed to social media for so long. People know yeah. when you're faking so quickly. It's so true. So quickly. Yes. Yeah. Right away. So be you like, and that sounds easy to say, but um, harder to do. And which is why influencing is hard because it is hard to be authentic while you're looking at a camera, while you're talking about, you know, a, a product, while you're doing all these things. It's hard to think of a story that goes along with it that is authentically yours but if you can yeah. do that then then you definitely will connect with more people more people that yeah. want to see an authentic person like you yeah. yeah absolutely and i feel like the right people is also i feel like people think about quantity over quality a lot of times and i think even businesses are seeing that audiences on instagram on tiktok it's better to have 5,000 followers that are really loyal and really interested than a million followers that like only half care. So it's not all about the numbers, which I feel like we focused on for a long time. Yeah, 100%. Micro-influencers are killing it right now. People with like small followings who are willing to like dedicate their time to do like, you know, UGC or to like really speak to their following um, and have connected in a way that people with millions of followers really don't have the privilege of doing because they they can't talk to every single person in their, you know, in their realm. Um, That that is like, that's the most amazing part about um, a a small following is that you really can connect to your followers. So don't, who cares? Yeah, I don't have as many followers as my sisters. And I still do pretty well for myself. So yeah, no, it really is about the quality of the people following you 100%. Yeah. I I'm sure you started a fashion brand, you're an influencer, you have had a lot of business success clearly. I would love though to hear 
one of the biggest lessons you've learned from one of the hardest times in your maybe personal life? Um, I think, you know, I've had a lot of hard times. Um, I think also that's an important thing to say. Um, you know, I've, I've been depressed. I've been sad. I've definitely felt like there, you know, were times as, even with work that things weren't going the way I wanted or that, you know, I wasn't going to get to the next level of what I was doing. Um, and I think, um, my mom always said that, um, smile, it has a physiological reaction. Um, and I know that that, that sounds kind of cliche, but, um, that is a huge thing for me. It like makes me a little teary thinking about it because, um, you know, listen, I'm not saying that it's going to get you through depression. I'm not saying that it's going to get you to the next level of, um, of your business. But if you can find a way to just actually physically smile, it actually changes your body chemistry. Um, uh, doing that, put on the, the movie that makes you laugh or, you know, um, see the person or put on a song and dance, whatever is going to make you smile a little bit. It's super important to, um, to, to like live in a place of, of gratitude and positivity, but also to physiologically smile because it actually, it changes your body. It, it really does. And so I don't know, that is just advice that will, will always get me through a hard day. Yeah. I love that. Is there, <laughs> specific things or practices that you had during some of those more difficult mental health moments, like you said, struggling with depression or whatever it was that really helped you during those times? Yeah. Um, I do a gratitude and appreciation pro um, practice that I think is incredibly mind blowing. A lot, you know, I do it a lot of, you know, huge teachers, Oprah does it. A lot of people, do gratitude and so appreciation <laughs> exactly but a lot of a lot of really important a lot of people who people take a lot of advice from um do yeah. gratitude and appreciation but i i have been taught to be grateful for things my whole life but I've, I've actually made it a practice so if you can think of three things you're grateful for and then three things that you appreciate about yourself so um, it can't be any, it can't be like, you know, you can be grateful for your dog. You can be grateful for your house. You can be grateful for, you know, um, getting a good night sleep. And then you have to say three things that you appreciate about yourself. Three things that, um, um, that you really like about yourself. So, you know, it could be that I have beautiful eyes, but it could also be that I'm a, a loving, caring person. Um, so if you can do that every day, especially when you're in a, in a bad place, you will realize that you have more and more things to be grateful for, more and more things that you appreciate about yourself. And it really does help to shift your mindset and put you in a, in a more positive place. So that's yeah. something I do. That's yeah. great. I feel like I always make like a New Year's resolution to do those things. And I last like three days. Do you do that every day? <laughs> um, pretty much. Yeah. Um, I do it every day. That's One amazing. of the, the ways that the ways that I keep it a practice is that um, it's something I do with my boyfriend and his daughter before um, before we eat dinner. Oh, so I love that. Yeah. So if you can figure out if it's like write it on your on a post-it um, and stick it on your mirror. So it's something you do with yourself while you're brushing your teeth. 
um, or it's something you do with your family before you eat, or, you know, maybe it's something that you want to do in the car when you're driving. So you put a sticky note on your, on your car, you know, steering wheel so that you remember to do it. Just, it takes literally 10 seconds. It might take longer, you know, for me now, it's a lot easier. It becomes second nature. I can think of things that I'm grateful for and things I appreciate about myself. It's a muscle that you have to work out, but you know, if you can try to do that every day, you just, I, I always say that like, if you, the more you are grateful for the things you have, the more that the universe gives you to be grateful for. So, I um, yeah, I just, I think if you can make that a practice, but especially when you're in a bad mental space, um, it, it just kind of, it always shifts. It always, I've never given that advice to anyone and not seen that um it's had a shift maybe it's not a you know uh, an earthquake but there's a shift for sure that's such great advice and i think it's true that it's all about just making it a habit and once it's a habit and once it's solidified it almost like you said becomes second nature but you have to do it enough days in a row for it to become that habit so <laughs> yeah yeah i've i mean also like if you start doing it for stupid things and excuse me saying stupid, but no. if you can, if when, if, you know, if you go to a restaurant and you eat and you like the food, instead of just saying, Ooh, this food is good. You say to yourself, wow, I'm grateful for how good this meal is. You start seeing, or like someone opens, holds the door open for you. You know, you say, thank you, but internally you, you say, wow, I'm really grateful for that person who just opened the door for me. You will start making it a part of your everyday life. And then you'll notice that instead of just like letting the small things pass you by, you'll start being grateful for them. And more of those things will occur to you to be grateful for, you know? Um, and, and like I said, it's not that like the universe is going to start like changing your whole life. It might, it, it has for me, but you will notice how much more you have to be grateful for. And I, I guarantee you, it makes you feel like your life is so much more abundant than um, you did before. I love that reframe because I would honestly never think to say that to myself, but it does just kind of make everything a little bit more deep than it is. Like even like you said, like having a good meal somewhere, like a lot of people don't get a good meal at a restaurant. That is a huge privilege. And just to think like, oh, I'm grateful for this beautiful restaurant, this beautiful meal. It just feels like feels right. It feels like you're like giving it the attention that it deserves. Exactly. Yeah, you're telling it, you're telling it and yourself that you have a lot to be grateful for, even if it's just little things you don't, you've never been grateful for before. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that also, like, definitely feeds into the whole idea of just like being more present in your life and recognizing those little things. And so I feel like it's a double edged sword. I love that. I'm gonna start doing that, like, right after this interview. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm grateful for this interview. (laughs) Yeah. I'm grateful to be sitting here and talking to a beautiful human. And this has been an edifying conversation. I want to finish it off with, again, I am so grateful. I've seen you like share some of my quotes. You always are sharing beautiful words. Do you have a favorite quote? I knew you were going to ask this question. Um, And I, I like I can't think of a favorite quote I have. I know that that sounds really horrible. I can't think of a of a favorite quote. Um, 
I think probably because there's just so there's so much in the world to uh to remember and think about. Um, yeah. but probably um my favorite quote, and it's not it's it's my mom. My mom's always said, um, don't do anything stupid. So um and I just think that that's amazing. She she never said don't do anything I wouldn't do. She always said when we were young, don't do anything stupid. And I just think um, that's an amazing quote, you know, don't do anything stupid. Um, she's probably going to hate me for having said that, um, on a podcast, but I, I just think it's an amazing way to, um, look at the world. It honestly is though. It's sometimes I love that because sometimes it doesn't have to be that deep to apply to like everything in your life. A lot of times yeah. we know the smart thing to do and we know the dumb thing to do. And for some reason we choose the dumb thing. <laughs> and that advice would be really helpful to actually follow, but it doesn't have to be poetic or the most eloquent thing in the world to like really stick with people and to stick with your kids clearly and your friends. And so I actually think that's like beautiful and profound <laughs> in its own way. I'm sure I could have come up with a much more amazing quote um, from, <laughs> you know, someone really like profound but truly it's something i think about all the time it's a quote that comes to me all the time and it's my mom so hey I love and it. that's what it's supposed to be it's supposed to be words that have just stuck with you and i think a lot of times we assume or like want to come off to other people as like though we're just like quoting thoreau in our minds all day <laughs> and oh. that's not that human and that's not that real and so what you shared is human and real and i think Thank it's you. wonderful wonderful advice Thanks. Alana, Thanks. this has been so fun i've loved getting to chat with you thank you for joining us for sharing your wisdom and your beautiful advice and words I want to make sure that all of our listeners can follow along with you, with your work, with your brand and your pages. Let us know where we can go. Follow me on Instagram at Lonzy Bear. And everywhere else, it's Lonzy Bear as well. So you can find me everywhere. I'm just the Lonzy Bear. <laughs> I love it. I think that's why I got confused, too, because I was like, who's Lonzy Bear? Then I looked at your page and I was like, oh, like beautiful name. And then I kept seeing Lonzy Bear plays. Is there like a reason that username came up? Oh, it's my mom used to call me Lonzy Bear when I was a baby. So obviously oh, my mom is a huge part of my life when I was oh. a little kid. And that was my nickname. Okay. And I just thought it was a fun way to introduce myself to the world. I didn't realize that it was going to become like my universal nickname. But here we are. I'm Lonzy Bear. Oh, I love that. And honestly... I love how much you've quoted your mom and talked about your mom. If your mom's listening, you did a great job because it's like my dream to have my kid like say so many beautiful things about me in a podcast that's about like the most uplifting words you've heard. And if they <laughs> quoted me several times, I'd be like, oh, I crushed it. So good He's job, mom. Yes. Um, Alana, thank you so much. This was such you, a Christy. pleasure. This was so fun. And to everyone, listening and watching. Don't forget to subscribe to The Shift, to tune in for our next episode, and we will see you next time. Thank you. Thank you.